When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. This is, uh, I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Uh, first off, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. We invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. This is a podcast that goes live every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you who may be looking at what day it is, no, you haven't skipped over Monday and Tuesday. Today is a emergency podcast. We do these very rarely, um, but we're covering it after today's NHL trade deadline, the New York Islanders. Um, yeah, man, oh, man. Uh, disappointment, despair, I, I think are some of the words that you can use to describe this. Criminally, criminally neglecting the team's future as well and criminally neglecting this team future success is is kind of what i see going forward but um yikes grump hockey's over uh wearing this yankees yankees hat baseball season getting ready to kick off hockey's over islanders dead buried put the franchise back i don't know five years today just doubling down on suck whatever Lou should be dead now, honestly, at 80 years old. He's living on borrowed time, and that's the way he GMs, like he's already in the grave. It was terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. And you listen to him today, it's like, holy shit. I know why people are forced to mandatorily retire at certain ages. Stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. So what do we do? Let's double down. Let's sign 37, soon-to-be 38-year-old Zach Parise to another deal. Let's sign... Cal Clutterbuck, probably the best player on the miserable fourth line. Sign him for two more years when he's 35, going to be 36 and 37. That's going to solve our problems. And what did he say today? Well, we need to get more scoring out of our forward group. How long has he been peddling that line of bullshit? It's since he stepped into this job. We need to get, we need to be have more scoring. There's reasons why we're in the bottom half of the league. Every, as a matter of fact, lower than the bottom half of the league. Every single year in scoring. 
and you hear, I, I, I swear, TJ, I listened today to a couple, first of all, you know, you got the Gladhander sites, those boot-licking weasel scumbags. You know who you are. This is a great deal. This is a shrewd move. This is fantastic. Licking the sweat off a of loose balls. You're not getting a job with the Islanders. Forget it. Forget it. It's not happening. Give it up, losers. Give it up. Give it up. You listen to people. Well, Lou didn't trade Varlamov. Yeah, there was interest in him, but we didn't trade Varlamov because, you know, we like the dynamic between Sorokin and Varlamov. You're paying your backup goalie who's going to get maybe 25 games next year more than your starter. How do you think that's how do you think the starter's going to feel when he sees his backup getting paid more than him? Why? Because he speaks the same language that that should be okay? I mean, today was just – I. today was the end. The window didn't close. They closed the door, locked it, welded it shut, threw it out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and said, see you in 10 years, Islander fans. Matt Barzell's gone, by the way. He won't be back. He will I, be gone. I could be honest. I, I tried to do minimal reading regarding what other people are propagating in other medias. I have no – I tried to avoid it as much as possible. I really did. Because today, Islander fans, let's level. How do you feel today? How do you how do you as a fan feel? You look at other teams making moves either to do one or two things to push themselves forward for a playoff run, or they're saying, "Hey, we've got a retool. We're going ahead and making a trade. We're cutting off some of the pieces here or there." The the Detroit Red Wings. What do they do today? They trade away Nick Letty. And they fleece the St. Louis Blues. They trade away Nick Letty and fleece the St. Louis Blues, right? You could say the Detroit Red Wings are retooling. They're not there yet, but they're still working towards it. They're still at least making moves. They're trading away a guy who's a veteran defenseman. I knew he was going to be traded to. Who blows? Who blows? And had to stay on this team two years ago, so we got rid of Devontae's. That's the guy. That's the guy today. They fleeced it for a guy who's minus five, minus what, 30 this year? Detroit said, you know what? Yeah, we brought you in. You sucked. We're moving you out. And we're bringing in players that can help us in the future. That's how you run a franchise. You wonder why I'm wearing this sweatshirt that says 1999 champions? That's the last time Lou was a good GM. 1999. Prince wrote songs about it. We're going to party like it's 1999. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> so the Islanders' chances. Dead. I mean, you look at, you look at, I mean, the, they get a second round pick. They get think about this, right? We had traded away Nick Letty this offseason. What for two second round picks? Oh man, great job. We got rid of Nick Letty. This is fantastic. And after a miserable year, and I mean miserable year it in was, Detroit. It was only he, one second round pick. It wasn't two seconds. Was it only one? It was only one second round pick for Letty. Wrong. Well, let me check. Well, maybe I am wrong. I don't know. I thought it was just one second for him. Holy shit. What was oh it? Oh my God! It was one second in yeah. Richard Ponick. Yeah, and Richard Ponick, who, you know, who knows if he's any good? Let's resign Cal Clutterbuck at thirty-five years old. That's a smart move. Let's sign back Zach Parise at thirty-seven years old. And then we found out today, always oh, same salary cap number as uh, next year as this year. Oh, one point five. I thought he signed for seven fifty. It just goes to show you he keeps on throwing money. You know, hey, bonus money. You walk on the ice. I'm going to give you another seven fifty. To be paid on next year's cap. You were worried. You were worried about holding cap back 
to trade a Varlamov? Why? We can give it to guys in their freaking 40s. That's better? Okay. I'd much rather sell everybody on a team, eat all the cap, and just feel the losing team for the next three years. That's what I'd rather do. Nick Letty, that's right. We got a second-round pick back in return for Nick Letty. The Detroit Red Wings this year, right? Steve UI. Oh, man, Steve UI made a big mistake, right? Everybody everybody throws Steve UI as being great. He gave up a second-round pick for Nick Letty. Don't worry. Steve UI got a second-round pick back in 2023. He got Oscar Sundquist. And again, he's played He's played well. He's a guy who's he's not going to be lighting the scoreboard up on fire, but was a, was one of those important pieces, if I remember, back and when he was on the cup. And he's moved way up the lineup. He's a, he's a third liner now. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a guy. He's a guy who's going to eat minutes as a bottom six guy. And I think Jake Wallen. Um, yeah, Jake Wallman. I'm sorry. And again, defenseman who plays bottom pairing minutes, but they get themselves a second round pick as well. And I'm just thinking to myself after how poorly Nick Letty played this year. Look at what the market is indicating for these guys. The issue I have is I think the not even just the sitting and not doing anything today. Trust me, that bothers me. It really does. And everybody else in our division got better. Andrew Kopp is a really good pickup for the Rangers. They all, I mean, really good. I was watching some of his game today. I'm like, holy crap, that kid can play. That's the type of player they need. He fits exactly what we do. He's an unrestricted free agent. They do. You think we're going to get him? No way. He's no one signing here. No one's signing here. Travis Zajac, come on back. We know you've been out of the league. You know, I hate this leadership. We can't move Cal Clutterbuck because he's a leader. You know what? Let's sign Mark Messier back. I know he's in his 50s, but he was a hell of a leader too. I, I loved it too. And again, Cal Clutterbuck had to come back because Cal Clutterbuck was an energy guy. He brought the energy to the team. He's an energy guy. Look when Cal Clutterbuck's in the lineup versus when he's not. The team looks dead when Cal Clutterbuck's not in the lineup. And I think they're just using that poor performance against the, um, who is it we played on, Who against the Flyers to say, oh, with because without Cal Clutterbuck, we just look dead out there in the lineup. If you've got a team with 13-plus veterans that can't perform with that one-fourth liner because the one-fourth liner brings all the energy, you need to look within. There might be a little bit of an issue regarding motivation for some of these players. Like that's not an excuse to say that's why we have to re-sign back Cal Clutterbuck. The issue I have with re-signing Cal Clutterbuck is guy's a 35-year-old fourth liner. He you can find any anybody to play the bucket anybody can do that role. You could have anyone Austin Jarnack does that exactly exactly. And here's If Cal Clutterbuck really, if you were so freaking hell-bent on signing Cal Clutterbuck back, you said, Cal, we can't leave. We can't live without you. We need you for another two years. Trade his ass away at this year's trade deadline and sign him as an unrestricted free agent. What the fuck are you thinking? Go ahead and trade him away for some draft capital and say, Cal. You got to have a freaking brain. You got to have a brain that works. <laughs> it's it's absurd. It's absurd. How often do you see when they'll trade a guy away at the deadline all across all sports and say, "Hey, this offseason we still have every intention on signing you back. We just want to give you cuz your career is towards the tail end. We want to give you every single shot you have to win a cup. We think you can win a cup here with us. We want to sign you back as an unrestricted free agent. Trade him away for a third round pick this year at the deadline and sign him back." But their inability and to say, oh, no, he's so crucial. We can't even take the risk that he might sign somewhere else as an unrestricted free agent. So we've got to lock this deal in today. It tells you where the mindset is. It tells you where the mindset of the general manager is. We're not making the playoffs next year. I'm telling you right now, not happening. Not even close. We're going to get past. 
as good as as high as we're up in the standing this year, we're going to be worse next year. Worse. <sighs> I, I honestly, this is about it. This is like this is like the dark times. This, this is like the dark times. Let me ask you. When you see, and it's again, it's not just the fact that we did nothing. It's the comments that came out that we're going to go ahead and speak on afterwards too. That that Lou Lamarillo when he addressed the press today, I almost I, I can't remember being this disappointed in the Islanders besides the botched John Tavares. This has got to be up there. We talk about botched botched situations. I put this up with the John Tavares botched situation. The fact that we're doubling down on this age team because guess what? He said the only way this team can get better here. Is by making trades. That's the only way we're going to be able to improve this offseason is by making trades. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to do a quick run. Oh, Grumpy, is it going to be something quick? Because I've got a rundown. No, go ahead. Go ahead. If we're going to get better through trades, let's go through and explore who we're going to trade away. We didn't trade away Josh Bailey at this year's trade deadline. Do we think we're trading him away in the offseason? Who I wants it? He's got no value. Exactly. No value. I heard people say because he's going to be nine games away from his 1,000th game. Right, that's a reason we need to keep him at least until the thousandth game is played, so we can honor him, and then what we can go ahead and trade him off. What type of dipshit would say something stupid like that? I tell you, it's uh, you're seeing a lot out there. That's a, a lot. That's a lot honestly, of, what the what the hell does that even mean? A lot, a lot of crazy ideas are being thrown out there right now, and this is what happens: people try to vehemently defend, and again, I think it's it, with good intention. They try to vehemently defend the team that they love, and I love them too. We all love this team. They're trying to vehemently defend. I think it's 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 foolhardy to say, oh yes, this is how this is why every single move we make is fantastic. But they refuse to ever acknowledge that possibly we could be steering in the wrong direction. We're, we're not moving, we're not really quickly. We're not moving. I'm sorry, go ahead, Grump. I'm not blaming the fans on that. Why am I not blaming them? Because the Islanders have been a real freaking dog loser franchise for decades. Decades, decades. So they see a little bit of success, never won anything, mind you, won a couple of playoff series, and all of a sudden we have to keep everything status quo. Team's not good enough to contend for a Stanley Cup. Here's the thing. We're not even good enough to contend for a playoff spot anymore, and you want to keep it together. And then you hear Kurtz uh, on The Athletic say, well, you know, I think, you know, with the way Trotz has been, uh, this team deserves another, you know, another kick at the can for the next year or two. I'm like, what? You want Matt Barzell to leave? Keep on rolling out these fossils for another two years because then when you're in full rebuild, there's no way he stays. That's why if they were smart and listen to me, you start doing it now. People, people think that we are so fixated. I'm, I'm going to get back to my point. People think that we're so fixated on age on this podcast. Guys, guess what? You know, if you were to take the age out of the equation, you would love what you're seeing right here on by certain players, right? The take the age out of the equation. The performance is what sucks, not the age, the performance. And you don't I get look, better the older you get. I look at both, right? I look at the lack of performance for the first 50 games of the year, and I look and say, well, holy shit, we are going to literally roll the same freaking team back out there next year, a year older, and expect better results because we really think that this is just a blip in the radar. This is just an anomaly. This is just some, wow, the results this year over an 82-game season that we're going to see, and guess what? We're going to see an even worse performance the remainder of the season. What we've seen here this year 
It's just a blip. Ah, we can't explain it. It's just one. It's a one off. Don't worry about it. Just kick the can further on down the road. Don't worry about the issues that we see here right now because this is a one off. It's stupid. It's nearsighted and it's foolhardy. We coveted our way into two playoffs. That's what we did. If it wasn't for COVID, we don't make the playoffs the last two years. So all your little, oh, you know, we were, you know, fourth loser. I don't could care less. Okay. You don't win. You're nothing. We're never good enough. We're lucky we don't play in the Atlantic division. We wouldn't even make the playoffs ever. And I mean, ever. And here's the thing. The Metropolitan's pretty damn tough now too. Do you really think that we're even close to make, sniffing a playoff spot next year? I don't see it. Not at all. Washington is going to be better. Pittsburgh, they're ageless. They're better. Carolina just owns us. We're the we're Carolina's bitches. They we roll into town and they just bend us over and bang us right up the keister. That's how much better Carolina is than us. Period. We suck. You forgot to mention the Rangers. You forgot to mention the Rangers, the young Rangers that are playing fantastic. You forgot about them out of the equation too. The Rangers, the one team we can beat. Why? Because we seem to get up for the Rangers. That's when we, you know, we were losers. When we were real losers, we'd always get up to beat the to play tough against the Rangers. Roll over and die for everybody else. Man, we beat those Rangers. Play tough. That's the way it is now. They're just they're light years better than we are. Got to talk about it for those fans who are thinking that. Pittsburgh and Washington are just going to fade off into the distance. Man, they're getting old. Ovechkin's getting old. Crosby's getting old. Malkin's getting old. They're going to fade off in the distance. What what type of ideology do you subscribe to when you say, all righty, Anders Lee's not going to be 32 years old? We're older than they are. I was about to say, on average, we're an older team than they are. Simple as that, right? Ovechkin's Ovechkin again is competing for the most goal. He's competing for the the, the Richard Trophy again this year. I, I I don't know. Crosby's fantastic. He's still on a point of game average. I, I my God Almighty, fans! Please, please, please look at what you see on the ice and tell me: Do we expect every single guy who's a veteran again in their thirties to have a marketed increase next year? The answer to that question should be: I'm dubious. You should be at least dubious, the very least dubious that that could even fucking happen. Dubious. Nah. Man, I tell you, I tell you, this is this has got to be one of the most disappointing days as an Islander fan I've had in quite some time. Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz have served their purpose. They've made us respectable. Right. That that was the purpose of them. They've made yeah. us respectable. So I want to get a little bit into the comments, the comments that, that Lou Lamarillo made today. But I thought before we get into the comments, Grump, Grant Hakeem tagged me in something. And again, I I if you ha- if you don't follow him on Twitter, I, I suggest you follow him. But it was I could not think of something more spot on. It's it's a podcast called Bar Down, and they break down every single team's move this year at the trade deadline and what to think about it. And again, albeit these guys are not Islander experts, they cover everybody in the NHL. And you're noticing this around the league. That probably makes it worse. That probably makes it worse if it's going to be something negative. If you don't cover the Islanders religiously, you might buy into the Kool-Aid, go, oh, sure, Lewis GM of the year two years in a row. Hey, he led uh, the Devils to Stanley Cups back in the 1990s, the last millennium. Yeah. Go ahead, Leslie. It's a nice helmet on this guy. (laughs) So the Islanders did the most Islanders thing of all time and signed Zach Parise and Cal Clutterbuck to contract extensions. Um, Wow. 
kind of kind of shocking. That's but the least shocking. Fire your GM. Yeah, are we moving Lou into this? It's gotten pretty bad, like to the point it's, where well, all the stuff that people were defending him for to be like, no, nah, like he knows what he's doing. Look, the team's competing and no stuff, haircuts. and like no haircuts. <laughs> yeah, yes, haircuts. They have Sorry. so Apologies. they the have opposite. ten players signed at four million or more from 2023 24 and beyond so that's we've got 10 players at least signed a 4 million per for the next two years i'm sorry let them continue so they have so much money tied up that i don't know i just don't know where they go from here it's gonna just be a bunch of aging guys well like that are gonna be hard to move imagine you're an islander fan and you're watching today and then you're like oh i wonder what they're gonna do and then you just check at the end of the day, and it says we re-signed Parise and who, who, Cal Clutterbuck. And Cal Clutterbuck, I'd throw up. <laughs> Let me ask you, Grump. Are you at throw-up point yet? I have a headache. I think my blood pressure's through the roof. I really do. It was just... Take a break, Grumpy. I can't have you dying of a heart attack it. on the Forget show. Forget it. Forget it. It's over. It's over. It's over. Get ready for the suck, right? We told you it was coming. Told you. They doubled down on suck today. And who? I, I want to get back to the, you know, we can make all these great moves, making trades. Who are the players on our team who have any value to another franchise? Thank you. Thank you for getting me back on point. Let's talk about, because Lou Lamarillo, and I'll pull up the exact quote, Lou Lamarillo said the only way we're going to get better is through hockey trades. That's the way... And, and he's not wrong there. That's the only way we can get better in the short term is by trading away players slash picks to improve our current roster. Simple as that. Kevin Kurtz's article right on the top says the only way we're getting better is through hockey trades. When he's was the, wrong. Can I ask when the last time that Lou Lamarillo won a hockey trade was? Very good question. But that's was, was it when he traded five first round picks for Scott Stevens? <laughs> I, that's what I want to know. It was when he traded away a first and a second for a third-line center. Oh, wait a second. That's a loss. Or maybe it was when he traded away a first-round pick for a guy that was going to... Uh, a 39 goals. Okay. For those green, we traded, right? Second-round pick for green. Right. But I'm just saying cumulative in the last two years. What are the moves we've made? We've given away two firsts, a second, a fourth, and a sixth. And the productivity that we've had so far is 39 freaking goals. And here's the thing. Three of those guys are forwards. 30, 30, them, 39 goals really quickly amongst Andy Green. I don't expect many goals from him. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who's now been here for a full two years. And Kyle Palmieri, who's been here for a full year plus. Yeah. 39 goals. And it only costs two seconds or two first, two seconds, and a fourth. What does that tell you? We got fleeced in those trades. We are not a team that needs to add grit and needs to add bottom six guys, right? You can make an argument and say, well, look at what the Tampa Bay Lightning do. Look at what the Florida Panthers do. They add pieces, and they're not necessarily guys who score boatloads of goals. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe. Hold on. Hold on. They don't score boatloads of goals? They scored more goals in the 65 games they played this year than you scored in the last two years combined. No, no. I'm saying the players they trade for might not score a boatload of goals. Maybe they'll give up a first-round pick for a gritty guy. Maybe they'll give up a first-round pick for a bottom six forward. 
Well, yeah, they can afford to do that because they have Hall of Famers and they have guys who score goals, a plethora of goals. The Islanders' biggest issue is the inability to score. People have said our defense has been miserable. Oh, this is that. Yeah, our defense has been miserable. Think about this, though. Sorokin's still top five netminder in save percentage this year. We're still a team that is, you know, top five, top 10 in the NHL in goals allowed per game. We're still bottom 10 in the NHL in goals for a game. That's that's the issue, guys. The we issue is not worse in the league. Third worst in the league. And goals for a game? Goals. I don't care about I'm just looking at how many goals we've scored. We're gonna get shut out down the stretch. We're playing good teams down the stretch. We've had the easy part of our schedule. It's over. Mm. Wait till we start playing teams that have something to play for, like playoff seating. You think they're gonna roll out their backups against us? No, they're gonna absolutely kick our asses right off the planet. But let's go back to this. Kevin Kurtz said the, and this is what Lou Lamarillo said: the only way to make this team better is through hockey trades. Let's explore who we're trading off this team and what we can trade off this team to make the team better for the right now. Because it's pretty freaking obvious, right? We re-signed back Kyle Clutterbuck. We re-signed back Zach Parise. We're looking to make a cup run again this next year, and we're going to mortgage off more of the future in order to go ahead and do so. But let's explore. Do we think we're trading off Andrews Lee off the first line? Hell well, no. first of all, you can't because, well, we gave him a no-trade clause. Yes, so you're so, not trading away Anders Lee. And why second. Why would he want to leave? For a shitty player like that, and that's what he is, he's absolute dog shit. For a player like that, why would he leave when he gets unlimited ice time, plays in every single situation, gets his uh, stats padded by being out there in the last minute or two minutes when we occasionally will have a lead? Uh, why would he want to leave? He's got it great here. Why would he want to leave? No one wants to leave here. No vet over the age of 35 ever wants to leave here. It should tell you something. Yes, but let's. They should all, the guys who are in their 30s should be freaking scared that they're going to lose their job to a young guy. That's what. That's how it should be. Well, it, it should be like that because of the, the lack of production we've seen this year. And I think to just say that, oh, this year, hey, we can't make any moves. We, you know, it'd be panicky. It would be nearsighted to say, oh, we're going to use this one year as a barometer for what we expect going forward. Yeah. I don't know. I think you have to at least be dubious. And if you're not dubious of what's going on right now, I think you as a fan are just living off in la-la land. Simply. Simply that's it. But let's let's go back to the trade, right? Because that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to trade away pieces in order to get better. We're not moving Anders Lee. We're not moving, we're not moving away Brock Nelson. Do you think we're moving away Josh Bailey? There's no value for Josh Bailey. We would have moved him. If there's some value, right, we could have moved him away at the trade deadline. If he was really a guy we were looking to move and to improve our team, we would have done that at the trade deadline. Josh Bailey, ladies and gentlemen, has zero value. We're not moving away Kyle Palmieri. He's got a no-trade clause. No-trade clause for next year, too. We're not moving him away. We're not moving away uh, We're not moving away. Um, John Gabriel Pajot. He's not one of the pieces that we're moving away. We're not going to go ahead and move away a guy like Zach Parise. We just signed him back. We're not moving away Matt Barzal. Technically, right? We could go ahead. Oh, could we move away Anthony Bavillier? Yeah. He doesn't have a no trade clause. He's 24 years old. That's somebody who appeals to another team. Yep. He's got some value. He's young. So we could trade away a guy like Anthony Bavillier. Could we trade away a guy like Oliver Wallstrom? Another young guy hasn't put up a boatload of points this season. Maybe, maybe they maybe they say, well, okay, we've given him a few minutes here out in the ice. I know we've played him about on average 12 minutes a game. And now we ha he hasn't played a minute of the power play in the last eight games. But uh yeah, maybe we can trade away a guy like Oliver Wallstrom. He'll have some value. Oliver Wallstrom will have a value to a team, maybe a team like like Arizona, right? I've heard of the name Jacob Chikrin. 
hey, guys, we need to make a trade for Jacob Chikrin. And I've heard all the craziest scenarios thrown out there. We're not going to trade. Matt Martin, ladies and gentlemen, has no value. Casey Zizekas has no value. And we're not trading away Cal Clutterbuck. We just re-signed him. So out of the forwards that we have, who are the guys that we're even likely to trade? Anthony Bavillier, who has value and is young, and Oliver Wallstrom. Let's look on the defensive side of the puck. We're not moving Pulak. We're not moving Pellick. We're not moving Dobson. Chara and Green, in all likelihoods, I pray to God, are not back next year. Sebastian Ajo has no value. Who is a young defenseman that may have value? Maybe a guy like Robin Salah might have value. And I'm seeing we're not moving away a goaltender. We're not moving away Varlamov. We already heard that many teams were interested in inquiring about Simeon Varlamov, but we didn't move him. Price wasn't right. We wanted to keep Varlamov. He was important to have because of the chemistry he's got with Sorokin per, per Lou Lamarillo. We're not moving Varlamov. We're not moving Sorokin. So out of the guys who are on the active roster, Anthony Bavillier, Oliver Wallstrom, and maybe if Robin Sallow has any value, maybe we trade away Robin Sallow in draft picks, ladies and gentlemen, because guess what? Trading away Anthony Bavillier in his own is not going to be enough to get you back a big piece. Same thing with Oliver Wallstrom. You're going to also have to give up draft picks. I heard Chickens Price may be a first-round pick in this year's draft. Robin Sallow and Oliver Wallstrom are Atu Ratu. Wouldn't that be great? Trading away our top young prospect, or Oliver Wallstrom, Robin Sallow, and a pick that's going to be a top 10 pick in this year's draft. That'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? I'm not surprised. I mean, you had a chance to kind of expedite a retool, this, this trade deadline. You had the chance. Look at the prices defenseman went for. Oh, you can't get rid of Scott Mayfield, you know, because if we make a run next year, we're not making a run next year. So look at the haul that Lindholm got. You're going to yeah. try to tell me that Mayfield couldn't have got a one and a two at a minimum, a one and a two. With and even a player, Vakaninen, again, people are going to shit all over his day, played 19 minutes a game. And until he went out with injury, was in the lineup for the Boston Bruins for, what, 19 games in a row? He's not all the way there, but he's ready to kind of take those steps. Vakaninen's 23 years old. He's a guy who could play bottom pairing minutes. They got a guy who could play bottom pairing minutes, a young defenseman, a first rounder, and two seconds. It's just, to me, it's just, it's mind boggling. It's not how you manage assets. Just isn't. And then you hear, well, this team deserves another shot to try to win a Stanley Cup. What? We're not going to make the playoffs next year. We're not even going to make the playoffs next year. You might be scrambling for the eighth spot. And then you're going to have to expect major regression from other teams. If we're Major regression. If we're scrambling, and here's the funny thing. Right. What's going to happen is we're going to give up draft cap. We're going to give up this year's. I, I put it on Twitter and I'll say it again. You can book it. I made an early bold prediction. It will be pinned on my tw in the Twitter page on the on the, the the Islanders never say die Twitter page until the NHL draft of this year. I said, book it now today after the NHL trade deadline. The Islanders will be trading away picks in the 2022 set first the 2022 NHL draft and the 2023 NHL draft. We'll be trading away picks from those two drafts. Supposed to be the deepest drafts in quite some time. We're going to be trading away picks in those drafts. And guess what? We already don't have a large prospect pool. We're going to be gutting that further. Arizona, right? That's that's going to be the guy, right? Jacob Chikrin. Mark it down. He's going to be the guy. He's going to help solve all the defensive woes. And he's going to be the big fish that we need to land in order to, to catapult us up. So, but look at what they're asking for him. An unbelievable amount. And they're asking, amount. in essence, let's say Bavillier 
NHL starter. Wallstrom, NHL starter. I don't think it was in there. I don't, it was just the, the rumors. Again, they're going to ask for a lot. I could see us having to pay more than that. Sallow, Oliver Wallstrom, a first round pick. I could see us having to pay more than that. So Wallstrom hasn't lit the world on fire. Simple. Well, it's tough when you're playing 10 minutes a night. It's That's tough. what I'm saying, though. We've set him up not to be ultra successful. So a team's going to say, why? I, I, I still like the, the, the value that Oliver Wallstrom could have. But why would I give up an arm and a leg for a guy who's a prospect that hasn't really lit the world on fire? I know he was, you know, his draft pedigree's up there, but he hasn't necessarily done a great job and he's played with a Matt Barzal or whatever type of bullshit excuse you're going to use, right? He's not going to have a lot of value. Robin Sallow isn't going to have all that much value. Maybe if a first round pick. I... But but Arizona's all about the youth. Yes. That's what they're about. I mean, they want some guys to get them to the cap floor, but they know that they're not going to compete for anything in the future. We're this close to being Arizona. This freaking close. Wait. Wait. Two years. Just wait. Two years. We're going to be Arizona in two years. That's where it'll be. I like what how does Matt cool. Barzell think. What does Matt Barzell think? Does he think that this team is on the right track? I don't know. I look at him on the ice. It looks like he's kind of given up. Looks like he's frustrated, still does some of his things, but I don't think he really cares. I really don't. Lou Lamarillo said in the in the in the post deadline interview, we're certainly not satisfied. Okay, you're not satisfied, and you think doubling down on being not satisfied is the way to go. Okay. Well, no, how they're not going to be satisfied is by overpaying. And and let me ask you this, right? Let's go down the history of a few of the trades. What trades has Lou Lamarillo really freaking hit a home run out on? Let, let's just, I'm, I'm seriously, fans. What trades has he really smacked out of the park? Garth Snow was an incompetent general manager in some fields, right? He could never get a real head coach. That was a big minus for him. But anytime Garth Snow made a trade, he was always the clear victor, no doubt about it. Yes. What trades can you say that Lou Lamarillo has made where he's the clear victor? Maybe you could say, oh, he traded away An or Andrew Ladd's contract for a second round pick. How is that a win? That's, a that big, a that's the biggest win you're going to give me, right? You're not going to sure as hell not going to say giving up a first and a second for a guy on an expiring deal that plays your third-line center, right? That's not a huge win. I'd like Jean-Gabriel Pajot, but that's a lot for a third-line center. I know he does everything. He's still a third-line center. And he's regressed. He's regressed. He regressed this year. Yeah. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. He's had major regression this year. And the fact, and you know I'm a fan of his big time. Is he hurt or is he just kind of lost a step as he turns 30? I mean, that's kind of what it is. His game was all predicated quick speed. You see it every periodically, one game here, one game there. But for the most part, he's been invisible this year. You could, he was always so noticeable. Like Parise has been noticeable this year. Same way. Man, I tell you, going to have to go ahead and trade away. We're going to have to make hockey trades. That's how we're going to get better. Let me well, ask you this, guys. How many teams have gotten substantially better through hockey trades? Mostly you build a team through the draft. I remember that the Boston Bruins got significantly better when they traded, uh, you know, Pitt Martin and uh, I don't know who else to Chicago for Phil Esposito and Kenny Hodge back in, uh, I think, 1969 or 1970. I remember that. That was a big hockey trade win. Then they had uh, the big trade where they traded with the Rangers. Jean Rattel, 
Uh, and Brad Park went to Boston for Phil Esposito and Carol Vadney. Uh, that was a big win for the Rangers, the first to start, uh, and then Boston after that. But yeah, those were good deals. I'm going back 50 years, but yeah. Let, let's talk about this too. People are saying, well, you guys are, you know, you got sour grapes over not getting a few, maybe a third round pick or a fourth round pick. Let me ask you this. If you're rolling the dice in the NHL draft, and here's the thing, you can always use the draft capital you have to trade up if you really find a guy. Let's say he even has value in the second yeah. round. Oh man, I love a guy. This guy, Aturatu, has continued to slip. Let's trade away two thirds and a fourth to move up and draft a guy like this because we love what he's got, right? Krill Kaprizov, fifth round pick. You could find talent in the later half of the draft. It's not common, but you can find talent in the in the back half of the draft. It gives you it gives you options to maneuver the draft board. Yes. That's what it does. I don't care if we would have got uh a third here, two fourths here, a fifth. It's all at, they're all assets that you can use to move up and down the draft board. That's what it's about. Yes. When you're a team that has no talent in the minor league system, you need a lot of kicks at the can or you need high-end talent. So you maneuver up and down the draft board. Let's say you somebody slips to the bottom of the first line is like, oh man, we had him like top 12 uh, and he slipped to number 28. Let's throw a second and, uh, you know, two thirds. You know, they drop down whatever 10 spots to our second round pick and then you get that player. That's something Garth Snow was really freaking good at. I'm going to tell you what. As crappy a GM as he was, he was able to maneuver that draft board. He was really, really good at that. Didn't always pick the right players, but he was able to make those maneuvers. When does Lamarillo ever make a maneuver? When has Lamarillo ever won really big trades? I look at the losses that he's got, and here's the thing. This is what makes me worry. We're going to have to give up. We're going to double down this offseason. We're going to give up picks. We're going to give up young players slash prospects and NHL-ready guys. Simple as that. Look because at the price that they're asking for for Jacob Chikrin. People keep saying, oh, Jacob Chikrin, this means that we're poised to get Chikrin. What has Jacob Chikrin ever done? To me, he's eh. He's let, me, let me put this up. You guys bragging about Snow. Mark, this entire team is Garth Snow's team. The entire team. The entire team. All the core guys that everyone loves. Garth Brock Nelson? Guys. Who was Brock Nelson drafted? Oh, that's right, Garth Snow. Anders Lee? Who was he? Oh, yeah, that's right, Garth Snow. Oh, Matt Barcel? Oh, that's right, Garth Snow. Oh, Anthony Bivley? Oh, yeah, that's right, Garth Snow. Oh, Adam Pellick? Oh, yeah, that's right, Garth Snow. Oh, Ryan Pulak? Oh, yeah, that's right, Garth Snow. Oh, Ilya Sorkin? Oh, yeah, that's right, Garth Snow. Every freaking player is a Garth Snow drafted player. Every single one of them. Noah Dobson, Noah Dobson is one of the few that's not. Absolutely. Here's, the uh, here's the thing. Those are Garth Snow guys, too, because it was their scouts. Lou was here for a freaking week. Garth Snow had his issues, but to, for you to think that Lou Lamarillo doesn't have issues is nuts. Yeah, I mean, he's to me, it's time for a new general manager. It's time to get a new GM. That's what it is. I don't care if you break them in for a year, but ownership needs to look and say, mm, dude, I know what I've been watching on the ice. I'm sorry, I don't agree with you. And to say that, you know, Barry Trotz, you know, if he has another couple of down years, then you start looking at him. What do you mean start looking at him? Oh, you they should all, be looking at him now. Well, they also said, well, we'll have to do some thinking. You know, Barry Trotz is our coach for next year, but we're going to have some deep thinking and thought to do. Lou Lamarillo, you're 81. What is he, 81 years old now? Or is he 80 years old now? He's 80. living on 80. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Here, Here's the thing. Sorry, buddy. Let me let's look at what you've done in the past. I saw what you did to the Devils. 
I saw how you left the Devils. Devils have never recovered. Yeah, years, years. He, he went the veteran route. He wouldn't sell guys because, well, you know, let's have another shot at it. Well, look, look at the Devils since then. You, if you cannot ride the age train and keep on trading away those, you totally decimate a franchise. That's that's the path we're on. If you're happy with the way the Devils are right now, you should be happy with what Lou Ramallero's done. And people Thank God say, they took his power away in Toronto. I was about to say, people say, what about Toronto? He didn't drive Toronto in the ground. That's because they took the power away from Lou Lamarillo. They probably started hearing a little bit about what he was thinking of doing. He said, meh. And here's the thing, right? I know I'm going to hear, what has Toronto won? Toronto hasn't won anything. Toronto hasn't won a playoff series. I, I, get, I get it. Trust me. I do. I understand it. Look at who they have to play every year in the first round. Exactly. They're playing Tampa. They're playing, they're playing Boston. They're playing the Atlantic. The Atlantic is a much harder division than us. No freaking doubt about it. Here's the other thing. Toronto's in they're set up better for future success than we are. Simple as that. I mean, Toronto, you may say, hey, if I'm looking at in a blip of a three-year window, yeah, the Islanders have been more successful than Toronto over that time period. What about over a 10-year frame? What about over a 15-year frame, right? All of us live more than, hopefully, ideally, right? Knock on wood, we're all going to live more than two or three years. <laughs> we want the team to be successful. Obviously, now we want to have success. We want to have success in the future. Do you feel like the moves or the lack of moves made today were setting you up for that and setting the team up for that? Not me. Neither do I. And, and, and here's, this is another, this is another issue I've got. This is another issue I've got. And, and Zdeno Chara and Andy Green at the beginning of the year said, no matter what, they want to go ahead and stick the year out. They don't want to leave. They wanted to be at it from the beginning of the season. They want to stick and ride the whole year out. Again, I'm going to say this. Sorry, it's not a great friendship club. It, this is a business. Hate to be it, right? And guess what? In the NHL, it's a bottom line business, just like the NFL, just like the MLB. Guess what? I like you. I like you as a guy. Doesn't mean you're the right fit for us as a player. Just because you want to be here doesn't mean that we can't trade you off to a team that possibly can get us an asset or so. And people are going to say it's only a sixth or a seventh round pick. Anders Lee was a sixth round pick. There have been plenty of great six-round picks. I'm not saying they're likely, right? But Pavel Dodsuk, was he a, a third-round pick? And Zetterberg was a six-round pick. Yeah, they were late picks. But here's the thing. You got to have good, you got to be a good drafting team. I just love what Odd Eiserman's done in Detroit. Two years. Oh, yeah. There's two a reason years. why I've said Turned him around in two years. Two years he turned him around. Two years. I told you, Detroit. I told you, Detroit. You did. You did. I'm sorry. Pavel Dotsuk, sixth-round pick. But, hey, good players don't come around in the sixth round. How dare you? The Krill Kaprizovs and the Pavel Dotsuks, they don't exist. So how dare you want to have rolls of the dice in the fifth or the sixth round? You cannot get good, and you cannot keep long-term success if you don't have draft options. And here's the thing. You could have signed back Zach Parise and Cal Clutterbuck this offseason. If you were so freaking hell-bent on keeping them, you could have traded them away at this deadline and said, when you're an unrestricted free agent, this is what we'd like to offer you. We value you very much, and we see that you're towards... Zach Parise, we see that you're 38 years old. You have one year left, right? Maybe one or two years left that you can play. We want you to win another cup. We're not in a position to help you out with that this year, but guess what? We want to win a cup with you next year. We're signing you back this offseason. But for right now, we're going to trade you away and get some draft capital so we can further help our chances to win. What's so bad about that school of thought? Why is that never why is that never freaking explored? 
That's an issue I have. Why is that a thought process that's never explored? Like we cannot, we can't fathom as fans and as a general manager that we can trade away a piece. And if he really freaking wants to come back, and if he really wants to come back, we could trade and we go ahead and sign him back as an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Yeah, you trust me, he's not signing an eight-year deal. Okay. Zach Parise had no market last year. I don't care if he's got a market this year. If you have a number assigned to him and he gets more than that, see you later. You're a bottom six guy. Again, the love, the infatuation with bottom six players on this team. He's a bottom six player who has, what, seven or eight goals this year? And you felt it was necessary to re-sign him in season? Cal Clutterbuck, what's he got? Five goals this year? He's a freaking fourth liner. You felt it was necessary to re-sign him for two more years at the age of 35 and 36? Really? I Just like the Leo Komarov signing or the Valerie Filpel signing or bringing Matt Martin back. These guys are done. I don't care if they give you a glimmer of something periodically. It doesn't make your team better in the long run. And this team has never won anything. We've never won anything. That's the issue. You could say, okay, if we want a Stanley Cup, okay, let's try to chase it one more time. We've never even won the division. We've never even won our division. We've never won our conference. I'm sorry. We had this this group of players has never won anything. And to just double down on them again. Why? It's true. He doesn't want to rebuild. He just doesn't want to rebuild. Well, if you don't want to rebuild or you're not you don't want to be part of that solution, we need a new direction to go. Let me ask you this. And if the team, let's say we're struggling, let's say the team next year is not in a playoff pitcher at the deadline or towards the deadline. Blue and Barry Trotz both have to be gone. Simple as that, because I don't trust Lou to do a rebuild. You've, we already know, right? He's living up, he's 80 something years old. He's not a guy who's going to see a rebuild through. And what you're going to say, we're just going to hand over the freaking keys to a madman. Andrew Gross said that Lou Lamarillo acknowledged that a lot of teams were interested in Cal Clutterbuck. Wouldn't it just have been a novel idea to trade him away and say, Cal, we love you. We want you to finish your career as an Islander, right? Imagine like this. We're going to send you away for a few months. We're going to send you away for the you know the last month month of the regular season. And hopefully you win a cup. So you'll be away from home for two months. Write yourself out a hotel room. Find yourself an apartment for two and a half months, wherever you get shipped to. But we're going to sign you back. So we're not going to have any upheaval in your life. You're going to be away for two and a half months. And we're going to give you a chance to win a cup. That really have been such a difficult idea to think of. Same thing with Parise. Same freaking thing. A lot of teams calling about Cal Clutterbuck. Very interested. Same thing happened with Varlamov, apparently, too. I, you know, I tell you, it's it's odd. It's odd. <laughs> it's just odd the school thought that we've got. It, and I think that this lack of movement here sets the franchise back. And guess what? What we're going to do this year in the offseason is going to set the franchise back years. Years. It's like Milbury trading Luongo. Not that bad, I hope. Lou's already traded away a guy who's who's a uh, who's a Norris Trophy finalist every single season for two second round picks. So okay, okay, he's never been a Norris Trophy finalist. He's never been a Norris Trophy finalist. Devontae's has never been a Norris Trophy finalist. He finished with top. What do you have to be a finalist? Top three or top, top five? Top three. Top three. Okay. You know, um, you never hear his name announced. 
It's not true. Okay. He's a North, fact, North he Trophy might, candidate. Be, North Trophy candidate. Let me let me readjust what I said. He's North never Trophy even been his thing. He's never even been a contender for the Norris Trophy. You want to know why? Because the Islanders are not contenders to win the Stanley Cup, and they fell out of the top three. So there you go. You know, here's the thing I found laughable today. I read some article. Well, you know, if we would have won game seven, we absolutely would have beat Montreal in the Stanley Cup finals last year. You know what? You don't know that. You think it. It was possible. But you don't know that. Come on. It's like saying, hey, if we win the first round of playoffs, we would have won the Stanley Cup if we would have won the first round of playoffs. And and here's the thing, too, right? People say, oh, we're one goal away. Yeah, we were two goals, actually, from winning that game. And we have no idea what would happen. Here's the thing. We could have scored two goals. Who was to say... Damn, Tampa would not have changed their style up if they were down. They scored <laughs> you that, think they they scored that goal. Back? They scored that goal against us, and they just go ahead, try to score on us. They just played it. You know, they just, uh, what do they run out the clock is what they did. They didn't need to score again. They knew they didn't. Here's the thing. Tampa's an all-time great team, okay? Sorry, that's who you ran up against. That doesn't mean this team's a winner, though. Never won anything. Got to win something to be called a winner. Have to win something to be called a winner. Never won anything. Never won a division title. If you're that good, you figure you'd win a division title. Then I hear, oh, but we're built for the playoffs. Well, if you're built for the playoffs, you'd want a Stanley Cup. You can't even get out of your conference. Here's what I love, too. To Lou, he says, to the fans, this is an indication that we still believe in this group. Fans, do you believe in this group? And okay. here's the funny thing. Fans are now jumping back on board. Oh, man, we can we can do it, guys. We just had six wins in the last eight games, the okay. last nine games, and we had a six-game point streak. We're back, guys. We're back. Why does Lou say that? He knows the clapback he's getting from the fans, from the smart fans anyway. The dumbasses, whatever. We're, we're going to goose step like they used to follow Hitler. That's the way it is, right? No. The smart fans know when he comes out and actually speaks to the fans, that means he knows that's a problem. That's how he knows. I love this. Both Cal Clutterbuck and Parise indicated they started to know that they were going to, about a week ago, that things were headed towards a new contract for both of them. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. They weren't even entertaining the idea of trading these guys. I'm even close to entertaining that idea. What did I say yesterday? I find it awful convenient that these fat cat, lazy ass veterans who've been invisible all year long pick up their play three weeks before the deadline. They find out that, mm, guess what? They probably all got notified yesterday. We're not making any moves. We're going to keep this team as is. All of a sudden, they go right back in the tank being the losers that they were because we were miserable against Philadelphia yesterday. One of the worst teams in the league dominated our ass from start to finish. I'm telling you, I don't like guys who play like that. I don't want them on my team. I want guys who give 100% all the time. That's why I softened my stance on Zach Parise. Absolutely, I have. I was wrong about him. You know who I'm not wrong about? Freaking Anders Lee and Josh Bailey. That's for certain. We were the only team in the entire Eastern Conference not to make a move today. The entire team, the only team in the Eastern Conference not to make a move. Either selling or adding. We're only 20 points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. We might as well be 400 points out of a playoff spot. That's how close we are to being a playoff team. We're not making the playoffs next year. Wait till I open the envelope. 
I'm, I swear I'm this close to going and grab the envelope right now, but it's, since it's one of these special podcasts, not everybody's probably listening. Well, yeah, I, I tell you, I tell you, <laughs> I, you know, it, here's the thing. And I'll say it one more time. If you were so hell bent on signing back Zach Parise and Cal Clutterbuck, trade them at the deadline and sign them back as unrestricted free agents. Why do you need to sign back guys who are 40 fucking years old? I'm saying, I'm saying if Lou Lamarillo was so freaking hell bent on doing that, why could he not process that not only could I get the cake, but I can eat it too. Not only could I get draft capital for these guys, but I could sign it back and eat the cake. I don't have to just say I'm signing the signing the guys back. I could trade them away for draft capital and then sign it back. If they were so fucking hell bent on doing that. We don't need any more bottom six players. And until you start moving out top six players, there's no room for better offensive players. Mm. That's why I'm saying you can't, we're never going to get better until some of these. The biggest thing was we have 10 guys, 10 guys signed for over $4 million for at least the next three or four years. Think about that. We're stuck. And maybe that's why they did it. Well, geez. Yeah, I know I made this bed. I know Lou woke up and said, geez, did I really sign Anders Lee to a seven-year deal? Really? Did I really sign Brock Nelson to six years? Jordan Eberle to five? Bailey? Oh, well, no, Bailey wasn't his signing. Palmieri to four years? Hmm. What? And you wonder why you're in cap jail. You wonder why. Because you keep on giving these guys that type of money for not a whole lot of production. They're just guys. There's nothing special about them. Move them. Well, now you can't. But you could have moved them to get better players. I don't care if you had to move two of those pieces of garbage to get somebody with a higher upside. This is not 1980 hockey. This is 2020 hockey. 2022. <laughs> well, the 2020 where you have to be able to skate. We're the slowest team in the league. We are. Uh, we look like we're a like we're a glacier moving out there. Philadelphia made us look silly yesterday, just skating right around us all night long. Do you think we're going to get better? Do you think our old legs are somehow going to get faster? It's not yes. going to happen. We're going to hit the weight room really hard this offseason because we played 80 games last year, Grumpy. With that prolonged playoff run, we played 80, not even 80 games. So we weren't able to hit the weight room hard enough and really get after it this offseason. Now we can start pumping iron and we can start doing our physio and we could really start hitting that, hitting that rehab hard. You don't know, Grumpy, because we played a full 80 games last year. Ugh, that was another excuse we've got. We played 80 games the last two years in a row. I've been watching hockey for 50 yeah. years, over 50 years. Let me tell you something. I know it doesn't work. This team doesn't work. <sighs> I, I'm sorry. I was hoping. That's why I've been preaching for the last two years. Hey, don't resign these guys. Start making some moves. Get a little younger. Trade for somebody with some term on his contract. Trade for Ricard Raquel. Oh, I'm sorry. Pittsburgh did that today. A team that, you know, they're in cap jail. They can't do it. Somehow they're able to get him. They're able to get a guy who's under contract for a while. How are they able to do that? And we're not able to do anything. I, I just, every other team's able to do it. Why aren't we? 
And a lot of people will say, oh, well, they'll look at it in your side of tune and say, we've got cast space for next year. We do have cast space. Who for wants next to come year. here? That's Who cool. wants that's, to come here? That's a good point, too. Who wants to come here first off? And if we're trading for guy, people forget Matt Barzal, if he stays, right, he's going to demand a big freaking chunk of money, and he deservingly needs it and deserves it. I, and I love this one, too, right? Apparently, Rulemer also said Varlamov got a lot of attention. I guess I guess we couldn't I guess we could not part ways with our second goalie. I guess we couldn't part ways with our backup netminder. Who's who's really just a solid goalie, so he is. He's Nothing a solid goalie. We could have got draft picks for him. There are there, here's the thing. I firm out of out of the deficiencies I think that coaching staff has, I think that Pierre Gretzko and Mitch Korn are like the goalie whisperers. They can bring in a subpar goalie and put him into a competent starting role. And if injuries happen, they can make sure that that guy is ready to step up and answer the bell because they're so fantastic with goalie development. Unbelievable. Grice, Leonard, Varlamov. They're just guys as goalies. Nothing special about them. Nothing special about any of them. How has every single one of those goalies done since leaving the Islanders? How has Robin Leonard done since leaving the Islanders? How has, well, Varlamov hasn't left, but how has Thomas Grice done since leaving the Islanders? What was Varlamov before he came here? Not that good. Inconsistent. Just average at best. Inconsistent at best. Yep. <sighs> I tell you. I tell you. Read I the worry. Ad. I Read worry. The ad. Read the ad. Thank you. I was about to say, we're about to go on without an ad. <laughs> um, today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with 30 dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. And as the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for you means free bets for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with the first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. See the show notes and the link in the description for additional details. I tell you, um, I, want, I wanted I wanted to call the state of emergency podcast because a few reasons. Number one, I think that this is this is going to be one of these days that we look back on and say this was one of the starting points. This was the precipice of just the freaking downward spiral. This is one of the moments that we could say, oh, wait a second. We were so lackadaisical at this year's trade deadline, and it cost us. And I hate the fans that say, oh, well, we should roll it back one year, and then then we could start trading away, guys, right? Let's say it doesn't work out next year. Then we Everyone has less value next year. Everyone has less value. That's that's true. And that's why I said people are saying, oh, then we could trade away Varlamov and Mayfield and everybody else that's on those expiring deals next year, right? If it doesn't work out, we could still trade them away next year. Don't worry about it, guys. We could trade away next year. You the value that some of these players had was because they had term on their contract or That's valuable to some teams or the fact that they just came off of two fictitious playoff runs. Okay. 
And hey, we remember them in the playoff. Maybe this year was just a fluke. Yeah, okay, we'll buy him. We saw what he did in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah, we like that for our team. Mm. You know, caveat emptor, buyer beware. That's why you got to sell that junk. You got to get rid of it when you have a chance to get rid of it. I mean, you have a year. We could have moved some guys. I'm not saying we could have moved everyone, but you certainly should have moved at least four guys. Bare minimum, Cal Clutterbuck. Bare minimum, Cal Clutterbuck, Parise, Chara, Green. Bare minimum. Well, Resign back Parise if you really wanted him. And same thing with Cal Clutterbuck. Thank you so much for your service to Daniel Chara and Andy Green. I know you wanted to stay here. We want to give you a chance to win a cup. Thanks so much for being here. I know you love it here, but uh, we need to make sure we can, we take the future of our organization into account. That's what the whole thing, I mean, that's the way you have to, it's a business. It's a multi, it's tens of millions of dollars are invested in this franchise. It's, well, he doesn't want to go. Well, he, you know, he John said, Tavares, I promised him. John Tavares didn't want to go either. He really wanted to be the captain of this team. You know, I promised he'd stay. I promised he'd stay. Why do you make a promise like that? Why would you sign somebody that you have to promise that they're going to be the whole year if you're signing them to a one-year deal? Just stupid. Why are you giving guys no trade contracts? All you're doing is painting yourself in a corner. One dumb move after another. He, uh, here's the thing. Lou Lamarillo was a great general manager before the salary cap. He was. He's never adjusted. He never's adjusted. And I'll say this. I feel bad for who inherits this clusterfuck. I really do. I don't curse very often, but it needs to be said. Here's the thing. What's going to happen in all likelihood? I don't see this team. I can. The fact that people have to use a million of excuses to say this year is a write-off means that right likely when it smells like shit, it is shit. And when I hear a million, you have to you have to give me five or six congruent items in order for it to work out that this year is a write-off. We just need to write this year off. Don't worry about it. You have to give me six different excuses to make one point. In all likelihood, it's bullshit. I don't think this year is a write-off. And what's going to happen next year? We're going to be in the same exact situation. Do we fire Lou Lamarillo then, or we say we need to keep big old Lou because he is a hockey god? Because guess what? If we keep Lou. Be prepared. We're going to double down some more. That's what's going to happen. And whoever the next general manager is and head coach then inherit this clusterfuck of a team is really going to be up the creek without a paddle. We have very valuable pieces that could be built around. We've got your Oliver Wallstrom's. We've got your Matt Barzals. We've got your Noah Dobbs's. We've got your Sorokin's. We've got some really valuable young pieces we can build around. What I fear is we're going to start trading a few of those pieces away in order to, to, to make sure that we can make a push for right now. Think about how foolish sometimes fans were. Just three months ago, people were saying we should include Noah Dobson in a trade for Jacob Chikrin. Yep. Three months ago, three freaking months ago. And now he's invaluable to the team because they can't evaluate and look at what's actually going on in the ice. Simple, simple. And the whole thing is, that's why you keep your younger players and move the older guys. Older guys aren't going to get better. They're just going to get worse. You never move the young guys. They have a chance to improve. You think Josh Bailey has a chance to improve? You think Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, the whole fourth line, the whole third line, you think they have any chance to improve? No, they don't. They are what they are. They're only going to regress from here on out because they're all in their 30s. All in their 30s. 
Think about it. Who are the most valuable pieces? Every trade thing you hear, every trade scenario, Anthony Bavillier, Oliver Wallstrom, Robin Salo. Why? Because those are guys who have value around the league. Our guys in their 30s, their mid-30s, they have no value. They can't be moved. And your thought process would be to move the guys who have value and keep the pieces of garbage that just litter this roster and try to pick up somebody like all of a sudden you're going to get rid of all your young improving players for a Jacob Chikrin. What's that going to do? So what you can lose every game one, nothing or two, nothing because that's the road you're on. And I love what Brock Nelson's done this year. I love it. I think he's played well. I know you and I agree, disagree on that. Bit, but I think, I think he's been inconsistent. The point I'm going to make about this, Brock Nelson's in the prime of his career. Brock Nelson's not getting Agreed. any better. Agreed. This what you've seen of this year's Brock Nelson, I think is the peak. Simple. Yes. I think it's the peak this year. And you know, I love what he's done. I expect a little bit of a slight regression from him next year. I really do. Casey Zizekas is 31 years old. At 32, how do you think he's going to be out there on the ice? A fourth liner who's had an injury-riddled career. You think he's going to play better? Probably not. Jean-Gabriel Pajot at the age of 30, who's had a lot of tough miles on his engine. Think he's going to get better? Probably not. He's regressed this year. I think so. I think Noticeable. So Noticeable regress. Anders Lee's 31 years old. Do you think at 32 he's going to still be firing on all cylinders? No, I don't think so. And I mean, he's, Matt he's, he's not that good now. Yeah, Matt Martin. He was good. He was good for a nine-game stretch. That was it. He's been miserable. He's been one of our worst players this year. Matt Martin and Zach Parise aren't getting better. Matt Martin's already freaking tailed off the freaking planet Earth and happened like that. For He's those a grinder. Kids, like He's a that. grinder. He's, He's a also, grinder. He's also 32 years old and grinder, played a lot of years. The grinders are a freaking dime a dozen. You don't need to resign. Casey Zizekas, another absolutely miserable resigning six years for a fourth liner who's 30 years old just it's like what the hell are you doing what are you doing i tell you parise's not getting better i mean i expect him to decrease i thought he's played well this year do i expect him at 38 years old to still have the same pop he did at 37 maybe he does maybe he decreases a bit it's more likely that he's going to decrease than to take a step forward at 38 years old. We it's can't all agree on that, right? Yeah. I don't think Josh Bailey's taking a step forward. He's 32 now. I don't think he's taking a step forward at 33. Cal Clutterbuck's 34. Do I think Cal Clutterbuck at 35 is taking a big step forward to help help us win a Stanley Cup? No. Kyle Palmieri's 31. Do I think at 32 years old, he's going to take a big step forward to be a superstar right wing that we need? No. Absolutely not. I look at, you know, Seattle, as much as I think Ron Francis kind of screwed the pooch with the expansion draft, yeah. he's got like 34, 35 picks in the next three years. Not all firsts, but he's got a whole bunch of seconds and thirds. Do you think they're going to, do you think they're going to draft 35 guys in the next three years? No, they're not. They're, they're going to maneuver do. that draft board. That's what they're going to do. They're going to move, particularly these next two years, they're going to move up, 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 up. Yes, we'll give you this. Two seconds. I mean, I think they got four seconds this year. We'll trade you two seconds for a first. Yeah, we'll give you another we'll second. Trade you, we'll trade you two seconds for a 25th overall pick or 24th overall pick for a guy that slid. Oh, yeah, we've got four fourths. Okay, we're going to trade away three fourths to move back up in the early third round selection. Why not? You've got so much draft capital. That's you what can you find and identify the guys you really want in the draft. That's where your scouting staff makes their money. 
You can get the guys you really want. You don't have to say, oh, I hope he falls to us. You could be proactive and say, this is the guy. We're moving up for him. It's too, These back-to-back drafts are very deep. And people will say, well, the draft picks won't be ready to play until two, three, four years down the road. We're not making the playoffs for the next two, three, four years. So what's the difference? What's the difference? I think we could squeak in next year. We're not. We're we're absolutely not making the playoffs next year. Guarantee we don't make the playoffs. Guarantee we don't. Write it down now. We're not making the playoffs next year. Who's get? Who is getting worse in our division? I mean, and a lot worse because we're twenty points behind the last playoff team. Twenty points. We have to make up twenty points. Tell me who's going to regress twenty points worth. I don't think any team's going to regress 20, 20 points. So we're not making the playoffs, in other words. And other teams just going to get better. Columbus. I think, I think Columbus has a better record than we have. I think Columbus. I, I think Columbus is still two years away. I think Columbus has done some good. They've got some good pieces going in their direction. I think they're at least two years away from being a team that could maybe get into a, into the sta- or into, into an NHL playoffs. I think Carolina, they, even if they decrease or take a step back, they're still fantastic. And the same thing with the Rangers. Those are two teams that are going. You pencil that in now. Put that in granite. Go. The Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the New York Rangers are teams that are going to be making the playoffs for the next two, three, four plus years. Simple as that. Young core guys who are talented could skate. They're very. They're built for regular season hockey. They're guaranteed spots in the next two, next two to four years in the playoffs. Right. So what are we fighting over? We're fighting against. We're fighting against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're fighting against the Washington Capitals. We're going to be fighting against again teams that are around us. I don't think the the Flyers have any chance of making the playoffs. None at all. Do the Devils start taking a slow step up? I know they're miserable this year. They've got a lot of young players that are producing. They've had a lot of injuries this year too. Dougie Hamilton going out really hurt that team. Also, I mean Jonathan Bernier going out really hurt that team in net. I mean Blackwood going out really hurt that team in net. They've had what they're down to the third string goalie. Right. So they get a lot of players back if they stay healthy. Big if they've got a lot of young players, the Hughes that are stepping up as well. Right. That's a team I could see taking a little bit of a step forward. I don't think they'll be better than the Islanders next year, but they're going to be a better team. I don't see them taking a step back. I see the Flyers taking a step back in all likelihood. Here's the thing. But here's the thing we're going to regress. Anyone who says we're not going to regress is just deluding themselves. Seriously. Because why? If you don't do anything to improve, you go backwards. Unless you're the top of the heap, you have to do things to improve to make your team better. You can't just stay, particularly when teams, all guys in their 30s. Yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Oh, won stop. the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl last year. What did they do? Run everybody back. I hate that saying. Run everybody back. How'd it work out for you? Got you didn't you didn't improve at all. You came in, you got knocked off in the second round of playoffs. Yeah, injuries, but long story short. You have to do things to improve if you want to win Stanley Cup championships. You can't be happy with fifth, sixth place finishes and just expect, well, everyone's going to back us. Everyone else is going to do bad, and we're going to magically get better, even though we're the oldest team in the league. Okay. And, and here's here's the other thing I'll say too, right? And again, I'm not I'm not trying to pump up the Flyers. The Flyers are a team you look at the future, right? Okay, Bobby Brink is killing it in college. You know, Cam York is finally making his way up there. Joel Fairby is a young piece that you build around. Jay O'Brien's doing well in college. I mean, I, I'm just saying, right? They have a few pieces. They're in for a full-on rebuild. And they they made a lot of ridiculously crazy moves this offseason, which I thought were dumb and asinine. I thought it wouldn't work out for them. Sure enough, it hasn't. But do you think there's any reason to support that that Sidney Crosby 
future Hall of Famer and Evgeny Malkin, future Hall of Famer, are going to fall flat off the planet. I don't think there's a reason to support that. And even if they take a little bit of a step backwards, okay, from your guy who's averaging, you know, 100 points a season and now you're only averaging 80. Okay. You're still a fantastic player. We can't have anybody even score 50 points on a year. I was about to say. And people we shackle shit, Barzell. Shit, people shit on Barzell nonstop. Whoa, man. Here's the thing. I think Barzell's disinterested. I said it earlier in the year. Yep. I don't think he wants to be here anymore. I think he's had enough of Barry Trotz. We heard, we heard that he got into a screaming match with Barry Trotz. Absolute screaming match after a game. Yep. Barry Trotz stopped calling him out by name in press conferences after that. He hit the freaking breaking point is exactly what that was. He's That's right. He's tired yeah. of it. He's like, why the hell am I the one who continues to get singled out? This happens. That happens. Guess what? When shit gets to a point like that, that's a freaking toxic relationship. That's right. You think he's going to forget that? You think he's going to resign here if they sign Barry Trotz back? Next year, they both have expiring contracts the same year. You think he's going to resign? He might resign for a one-year deal to get himself to unrestricted free agency. That's it. If Barry's here, Barzell is going to be gone. I firmly believe that. Then where then where's your team? You think you're you think we should have been rebuilding now like I do? Wait till he's gone. Who are you gonna roll out there, Anders Lee? Who are you gonna roll out there? Brock Nelson. You're gonna really see how devoid of talent the team is. Absolutely. And we've always said this too. Barry Trotz's system is not designed for a player like Matt Barzal. That's fine. He's not, he's not, and maybe in that case, right? If you trade away Matt Barzal, if you're so hell bent on it, technically you can get a better fit for the system. Trade him. But, but the, the issue I've got is you have an ultra talented player like Matt Barzal and you're wasting him because you refuse to let him do what he does best and you refuse to cater the offense around your most skilled player. Simple as that. Simple as that. I just don't think he wants to be here. I just don't think he. I just don't think he wants to play in the system. Barry has turned him into a grinder. Just that all he wants doesn't care. Yep. And Stop again, trying to jam the square peg into the round hole. That's how you know a coach is good or not. Can you adjust your coaching around the talent you have? Barry Trotz is not capable of doing that. Just not capable. He'll have one year left as a restricted free agent. Then he's gone. This last year. Then he's gone. And if he won't sign, like I said last summer. If he's not willing to sign a long-term extension, you have to move him. Have to move him because he'll be gone. There's no way he's going to sign a one-year to get unrestricted free agency and then sign back. It's not happening. I think I think he hates Barry Trotz. He, he just had enough of his bullshit. No young players like Barry Trotz. Not a one. Not a one. Because he treats them like dog shit at the expense of veterans. He's been like that everywhere he's been. Why do you think he got fired in Washington? Wouldn't play the young guys. The last year when they were not as good record-wise, and they knew he knew he was gone mid-season, he started playing the younger guys, try to save his job. They didn't want him. Even if they won a Stanley Cup, Washington didn't want him. Well, Barry Trott's job is not secure 100%. So, oh, maybe maybe there's a little bit of rumblings. Maybe Barry Trotz and, and Lou Lamarillo might not be 100% on the same page. Here's what I can say. Lou Lamarillo is making miserable moves as a general manager, and Barry Trotz has not been a fantastic head coach this year. No. 
Both of those things I think are true. And and people will say, Matt Barzal again, hasn't played well. Boy, hasn't played well. Uh, man, he is what he is. He'll never be able to improve. Yeah, I remember the same exact comments that used to come out about Devon Taves. I remember people used to say when Devon Taves had his early success, oh, no, he's a product of Kale McCarr. They used to call me silly, foolish. You don't know anything. He's a product of Kale McCarr. He's a guy who struggled in the playoffs. He had one year. He struggled in the playoffs. You know, it's not the end of the world if we trade him away. Oh, wait, what type of tune are you singing right now? Again, we do not tailor make our system for a guy like Devon Taves' success. Devon Taves gets moved to a system that's tailor-made for his success. What happens? He lights the world on fire. It's the same thing with Matt Barzal. And we called that the day of the day of the trade. We called that. That's the last time we had an emergency podcast, Devon yep. Taves trade day. Guess what? I think it's on the same critical level as the Devon Taves trade. Think about that. This year's trade deadline and the comments that were made about Lula, made by Lou Lamarillo and what the harbinger are th- for things to come is on the same exact cataclysmic level as the Devon Taves trade. Here's the thing. The one thing you can always count on with this podcast, we're not going to blow smoke up your ass. Yep. We're the medicine. We're not the sugar. We're the medicine. We're the realists. That's what we do. We take, And here's the thing. Tell me when wrong. Tell me when I'm wrong. I want you to call me out when I'm wrong. Just remember, just remember what I said. Not making the playoffs next year. Forget it. Not happening. And if Trotz is still here, Barzell's gone. I firmly believe that. Mm. Washington did not want him. After they won a cup, they didn't want him. Made no effort at all to bring him back. Well, he's a guy he just wanted so much money. They could they couldn't afford to keep him. After coming off a Stanley Cup, an owner, multi-millionaires, couldn't afford to pay one of the best head coaches in all of hockey. They couldn't afford to pay him the five million dollars a year, whatever he's getting paid, five point five. They couldn't afford to come off the hip. The multi-millionaires, possibly billionaire owners in Washington, DC, couldn't afford to pay him five point five million a year. If he was so invaluable and you thought that that was going to set you up for long-term success, why wouldn't you just run it back? You're making the Stanley Cup Finals every year. Going to have extra revenue in the playoffs. You're gonna, Barry Trotz is going to pay for himself. He couldn't get past Pittsburgh every year. Every year, Pittsburgh would beat Barry Trotz. One year. They beat him one year. Ovechkin says, you know, whatever. Ovechkin wanted to win the Cup. That's what it come down to. And here's the thing. You know, people say, oh, what is Washington won? Since, uh, you know, Barry Trotz is gone. I, I know they've been a better team than you every single year. So I guess they're just better than we are, right? Even with the great Barry Trotz, they're just a better team than we are. Uh, okay. And I love this too, right? Oh, Washington's Washington's owners just historically cheap. Well, they must be fooling the hell out of me because every single year they're at the salary cap ceiling. So they're not doing a really good job of being really cheap because if they're really cheap they wouldn't be at the salary cap ceiling it doesn't make sense they were really cheap and all they want to do was turn a quick buck they just throw a shit show out there hopefully be exciting hockey stay right towards the salary cap floor try to maximize based off of the pretzels based off of all the in-game concessions you're going to sell if they're historically cheap they're at the salary cap ceiling every freaking year that doesn't make sense doesn't make sense. So They're in the business of winning games and winning cups, right? So don't call the owner, the multi-million dollar owner, cheap. His job, number one, is to turn a profit. And guess what? They didn't assume that we can continue to have that longevity playoff success because year after year, they got knocked out in the first round. 
Um, what do you think Ledecky, What do you think Ledecky is going to say next year when it's when it's empty? Stadiums are empty. Could you imagine? I, I was going to ask you. What do you think the off-season pitch is going to be for 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 season ticket owners? Come back, I promise. Better results. We're running it back. We're running back that non-playoff season. Running it back. Running it back. Jack Parise defy age at thirty-eight. Oh man, I tell you, I just love this. Ed Leonis is cheap. Was the damn president of AOL back there? It's prime time. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. I, you know that. Hey, net worth estimated to be a little over one billion dollars in 20, 2018. That guy's cheap. Yeah. Okay. I, you know he's turned he's turned a profit on that team. Look at every single year. Look at the Washington. Look at the Washington Capitals. You don't see him in the red. They're always finishing in the green, right? If they really think that, if they really thought that he was so irreplaceable, they would have signed him back. Didn't. They're at the salary cap ceiling every freaking year. They're and look cheap. at who, they're not cheap. Look who they thought was a better option, Todd Reardon. And that was such a mistake. That was such a mistake. Todd Reardon blew as a head coach. He's a hideous head coach. If they had a goalie, which they don't, they could contend. If they had a goalie, but they don't. Goalies are important. They don't have a goalie. I'm flabbergasted. I'm exasperated. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I think as fans, you should be disappointed. I'm generally an optimistic fan. <laughs> when I, I generally am. I'm generally an optimistic fan who tries to find you know reasons to be positive. But if you can't see a team that has the majority of their players that are over the age of 30 is doubling down and saying, we the only way we're going to get better is by trades. The only players that have trade value are young players and picks. So we're going to keep off trading off those pieces. We didn't make the playoffs. We're 19 points out of a playoff spot. And guess what? At the end of the year, we're going to be something like 25, 26 points out of a playoff spot. 25, 26 points out of a playoff spot is not an anomaly. It's not a mistake. It's not like your starting goaltender and a backup goaltender got hurt. No, you had everybody healthy for the majority of the year. The only player you missed was Ryan Pulak. That's it. That's it. The only piece you're missing. If this team is so contingent on every single player being completely healthy in order to be successful, should tell you a little bit about the fragility of the team. Be yep. dubious. Be dubious as fans. Be fucking dubious. Dubious. I think you're using the word dubious wrong. No. <laughs> be be do be doubtful. Be question. Be inquisitive. I, uh, don't just buy whatever they say. I don't care what they say. I love it. Like, oh, oh, you know, you ever if you ever talk to a GM or not, here's the thing. I've talked to many general managers, many coaches in my time, and they all have that ability to try to schmooze your ass. They're good at it. They know how to schmooze a fan, you know, but down deep down, they know. And I really think here's here's what I think what really is happening. Lamarola knows he's only got a couple of years left. He knows I can't rebuild this team. So let's just double and triple down. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe half the league will die in a forest fire and we'll have a shot. But it, that just – Everyone in the league, it's the fact that we don't even play the same style of hockey that the NHL plays anymore, that plays today. We just, that's just not what we do. Everyone's gotten better and we've gotten, we've stayed the same, which is regressing. Got worse. I fear that what you see, you might see a little bit of better performance next year. I think we could have a little bit of a bounce back. 
how much of a bounce back do you need if you finish the season 24, 25 points out of a playoff spot? A significant bounce back. Not a little bit. Not a little bit of an increase. Not a little bit of a bounce back. You need a significant U-turn of a bounce back. 25. Right now, what are you, 19 points out of a playoff spot right now? I think we're going to look at the schedule the remainder of the way. I think we'll be lucky to finish 25 points out of a playoff spot because the top four teams in our our division are just so fantastic. Wait, we have to play the toughest part of our schedules the last 12 games of the year. Yep. We're going to lose 10 of the last 12 games, and that's being generous. Look at how close and contested everything is. All these teams are fighting for playoff spot, fighting for home ice advantage. Every single one of them yep. are fighting for home ice advantage. They're not going to be rolling out backup goalies and saying, let's rest up for the playoffs. It's not going to be the case. <laughs> right. We've gotten the backup goalie all year. Yeah. Like it's the 90s again. John Sim, Mario Strakowski. That's what we're a team of. That's where we're going back to. We've had our good time. We've had our fun in the sun. Remember oh. I said it before? I said the fall from grace will be hard and fast. It's here. It was faster than I expected, and it's going to be harder than what most people expect. As soon as the season opens, that podcast, I'm ripping open the envelope. And I might still be wrong. I, maybe I was still too positive. You really think so? Maybe. You what would you put him at, fifth or sixth? It's in the envelope. <sighs> I'm going to rip the envelope open when the season's over. I had a feeling. I saw the way we play to beginning uh, at, uh, in the spring training games, the practice game. I'm like, holy shit. Or was I wrong? I've been wrong about a lot of things. And I guess maybe this is an, another eye-opening moment for me. Remember at the beginning of the year, I said, I'm not taking too much stock into how we played against the Rangers, right? There's still no reason to be you know, fearful that we're going to struggle to do that. Well, maybe it was a harbinger for things to come. The what show, did I say? The biggest deficiencies that we've got. I know you were you were on the side of, hey, this is you were giving red flag. This is a red flag. I said, no, Grumpy, you're wrong. I also said this year at the trade deadline, I said, Grumpy, you're crazy to think that we're going to move anywhere less than three guys. Move zero I, players. I said I would be stunned if we move three guys. I said bare minimum would be three. And I said absolute max would be three. I didn't. I thought we'd move at least someone, to be honest. But then as it got closer the last couple of days, I saw how they played. I saw how they played three weeks before the deadline. And I'm like, hmm. All of a sudden, Anders Lee's starting to pick his play up. Josh Bailey's starting to play hard. Somebody must be putting the heat on. Maybe there's some type of trade rumors going on. They play good for a couple of weeks that's enough to make us disregard the first 50 games of the season come out and set it today oh i like how we played the last couple of weeks really and then they got the word yesterday beep, 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 beep. we're going to keep this same team together okay they go back to having a slack ass effort against philadelphia i just want to show you guys for to, for those who may doubt that we're going to get ass blasted here in the last few games of the season look at how close all these positions are. And let's look at the Atlantic. The Bruins are tied with the Maple Leafs. Both one tied point, with 83 points. One point behind Tampa. Yep. So you have one point different. One point differentiates the second seed in the Atlantic to a wild card spot. One point. One point. Let's take a look here at the Metro. Okay. Gotcha. From the two spot to wild card spot, five point difference. From Even first to last. From eight. first to last wild card, eight points. Where are we? Where, not, where are we? I got to keep scrolling, Grumpy. 61. Whoa, look at that. Even if we won every single game we had, we'd still be below Columbus right now. That's a lot of goals we got, 162. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. The Flyers are miserable bad, and they 
dominated us yesterday. <laughs> dominated us. I just, I've got to do this. I'm sorry. The Ottawa Senators should be a win. The should Red be. Wings should be, well, that's we've a loss. the Red Wings quite a few times, haven't we? Yes, that's a loss. You think the Boston Bruins are going to beat the Bruins? That's a loss. You think we're beating the Lightning? Loss. Columbus, maybe we'll beat them. Beat maybe maybe we'll win. Maybe we'll win. I think we split those two. I think we'll split them. The Rangers? Loss. The Rangers have something. That'll be a loss. The Devils? We beat the Devils. The Dallas Stars? Lose to them. The Hurricanes, the lose, Blues, the Penguins. Lose, in a row. lose, lose. Montreal Canadiens. Win, win. Lose. Montreal's been playing better. Montreal has been playing better under Marty St. Didn't, didn't they beat us last time they played us? I think so. I'm still going to beat them. The Maple Leafs, the Florida lose, Panthers, the Rangers. Lose. lose Hurricanes, win, the Capitals. Lose, throw lose, in the lose, lose. Yeah. So we'll be lucky to win another six games the rest of the year. We play the Rangers. We play the Rangers twice the remainder of the year. We've got the Carolina Hurricanes twice. We're not beating the Washington Capitals twice. We've got the Tampa Bay Lightning twice. We've got the Florida Panthers, and we have the Pittsburgh Penguins twice. We play, we talk about how miserable our record has been against playoff caliber teams, even since the NHL trade deadline. Three, five, and one against playoff caliber teams over that twenty game stretch. Three, five, and one, still a losing record. And look how many playoff caliber teams we're playing here at the remainder of the season. We're not going to come away with a winning record the remainder of the year. How are you guys going to be feeling when we're 25, 26 points out of a playoff spot? Are you just going to, what's the next excuse? Oh, well, once the season's over, the players stop caring. I'm going to let you know something, ladies and gentlemen. Players never stop putting forth effort. Guess what? They're playing for the jobs. They're playing for the, in most cases, they're not a whole lot. In hold most on. cases, they're playing for their jobs and their livelihood. They yeah. never say, let's not play. Let's just not on this team. season. Not on this team. They're preordained spots. They're are no there are no open spots on this team ever ever they pence they write it in granite as just like i said at the beginning of the year before the offseason when the offseason started i said their lineup is put down in granite right now there's never competition for spots on this team ever i, I wish we lose every single game the remainder of the season to help our draft pick well here's the thing if we're trading it jacob for jacob chikrin then i i, I guess i'd want some wins but here's the thing the season's lost. The season's over. We want to have a better draft pick. But the scary thing is, if we're trading away our draft picks to get a guy like Jacob Chikrin, I then no. I, I, I don't know. We're in such a shit situation. We're going to finish probably 25 points, if not more, out of a playoff spot. Do you see why, TJ, for the last two, two years, I've been saying, let's start move some of the veterans now? How long have I been saying it? Move them off now a little bit at a time, right? To do the gradual rebuild. I was talking about a last trade deadline. That's what we need to do. No, no. You were running me down for that. Can't do it. Everyone was. Now you're seeing why I said it. Like I said, I'm just, I'm just, I end the curve. I'm ahead of the curve. And right now, people say, look at how crazy he is. Look at all these. Get ready. Get ready. Because when we're one of the worst teams in the league again, and we're on our way, when we're the worst teams in the league again, then what are you going to say? Oh, we should have done that. We should have done that. I had a plan. I had a plan. They didn't do it. That's why we're in the state we're in. Maybe we won't be one of the worst teams in the league because we're going to throw literally every future asset we have to win a cup. I could see, I could see Madman Lou. I think we should redub his name. You call him Lou Merto. I Madman. He's, he's a he's a madman. Mad he's a madman. He's not he's a madman at this point of time in his career. A freaking madman. No, mad he's, not, man. he's not. He's not that. 
He's not. He's going to be. I'm going to tell you. Uh, maybe it's just I'm I'm fearful of what's to come. How many time periods that we've been at the NHL trade deadline, or we've been at the freaking uh, at the offseason, and we've just been utterly disappointed with moves? What makes you think? Have we not seen the moves he's made in the past? He gave up a first and a second for Jean Gabriel Pajot. Look at what he's going to give up probably for Jacob Chikrin. He's overpaid the hell out of for some of these players. A first and a fourth for Kyle Palmieri on an expiring deal and Zach and Zach and, and Travis Ajak. I, you know, take a look at it. We over, we wildly overpaid and get underpaid for. We overpay when we acquire players and get underpaid when we trade trade away players. That's when you know you, he's lost a step. And here's the thing: he's 80 years old. I'm fearful that if everybody, if we're so dog, if we're so bullish on Jacob Chickman, where he's gonna because because last comment I'll bring up here. Look at did you happen to see what um what Lou Lamarillo said about what is the fix? He said, and this this will make you happy because he's been saying this for years and years and years. But still, right now, I'm coming around. I gave him a window. I gave him two, three years. He's always been complaining, oh, offense isn't there. Well, right, you maybe can give me that excuse for one, two, possibly even three years. I've been here four years now. He's back to the same thing. He said it the first offseason. He and Barry said, yeah, we know we need to improve the the offense on this team. They need to get better, you know, better forwards, more productive forwards. He said that for four years. And what has he done? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's done nothing. You know what he's going to do this offseason? Nothing. He's going to do nothing. He's not going to do nothing. He's going to do something catastrophically dumb. That's what he's going to do. Because not making a move and trading away players and getting draft capital and re-signing them back, even if you're hell-bent on it, was catastrophic in itself. Can I just read this tweet? Yes. Solid in net. This is what Lou Lamarillo said. So... If we can add on defense, so in other words, we need defense. Yes. Certain type of player, of course, probably some slow-ass bastard. An area of need. Okay, so we need defense now. And over the next period of time, we'll find out about our scorers. Dude, these are the same scores you've had on your team for four years. What do you mean you need to find out about them? They're the same guys who have produced one of the lowest in the bottom uh, 10 of the league every single year, and you don't think you know enough about them already? Really? I, do you think that people don't remember what you say in previous years? Because I sure do. I mean, so in other words, we need defense and we need scores. That doesn't sound like a team ready to compete for a, a championship or even a playoff spot, does it? It sounds like a team that's going to have to make a lot of things happen this offseason. It sounds it like looks, a team that's a freaking loser. That's what it sounds like to me. The dream they can have, the best case scenario, and I'm talking about the absolute best case scenario, they have to give up an arm and a leg and half your foot for Jacob Chikrin and you sign and you sign Philip Forsberg. That is the absolute best case scenario that anybody could dream of. That's Christmas day. When has any single Christmas day happened as an Islander fan under Lou Lamarillo? When has he made any trades where he said, Oh man, this is the best case scenario for us. We're going to execute it. Never happened. Not going to happen. Best case scenario. We give up an arm and a leg and half our foot, half our whole right leg and half our left foot. For Jacob Chikra. And then we go ahead and sign Philip Forsberg. Is that really going to solve every issue and woe that we have? Is that really going to is that really going to solve every issue we have? Jacob Chikra and Philip Forsberg. After we give up every single piece we have for the future. Is that going to solve every issue that this team has? Nope. No, it's not. Not when you want to play grinded out hockey. Here's the thing. Make us a better team, but it would not solve all the issues this team has. 
The team's issues, I fear, are deeper seated than what I originally had expected. And it's, it, trust me, it's a painful realization. So it's a realization I've come to as of recent, but it's a painful realization. I'm talking about a painful realization. I'm fearful that the, the, the issues this team has are more deeply rooted. This offseason, I thought we were Vladimir Tarasenko away from possibly winning the cup. If we added Vladimir Tarasenko, we would still be far away from a cup contender this year. And I said, far right, away. We were all, what was, what was the line of bullshit they fed us last offseason? We're all in. It's the cup or bust. How has that worked out? How has that worked think, out? Cup or bust? Unbelievable and bust. You, you don't make a move for Vladimir Tarasenko. You don't make a move for him. When he wanted out, he was available on the cheap. You didn't have the balls, Lamarillo, to make a move. Didn't do it. Now what are you going to do? Nothing. He's going to do nothing. He's happy with this. We're going to trade away picks and young, talented players for guys like a Jacob Chikrin, who's having a bad year this year. We're going to trade away picks, premium picks, and very loaded drafts these next two years and young players for freaking Jacob Chikrin and other pieces, perhaps. That's what we're going to do. We're going to further mortgage any opportunity we have in the future to keep this freaking window that has now been slammed shut, as you mentioned, wielded shut and thrown into the ocean to try to do anything we can to pry that open. Okay. I'm telling you that that is that is what's going to happen. I, I mark it down today. We're on March 21st, 2022, the day of the NHL trade deadline. Mark it down today. We're trading away picks in the 2022 and 2023 first round pick, uh, for uh, 2022 and 2023 NHL draft to improve. That's what we're going to do. We're going to improve for the now. Trade away picks in the future. Don't need the draft picks. We're going all out or bust. I don't think we're going to do that. I don't think we're going to do that. So you think he's just going to sit on his hands and do nothing? Yep. Yep. He might bring, try to bring in some free agent. Again, unless you're moving some of the high-priced veterans, some of the guys, the long-term deals off your offense, your forward group, you cannot bring anyone in. I keep telling you that. We have all long-term contracts for underproducing veterans on our, on our line. The whole lineup is filled with it. The and, whole lineup. And, and Vladimir Tarasenko has played damn good this year. He's on a point-of-game average, right? Who so wanted him? Who said, who said, roll a freaking dice on a guy with a shoulder injury? Me. That's yeah, who. We both Roll did. a freaking dice. We both did. But here's the thing. Here's the scary thing. Even if we made that move, I'm afraid that still would not have been enough it would to make us a team that's been in the playoffs. In hindsight, it would not have been enough. In hindsight, I'm happy we didn't make that move. Even though he's played really well, in hindsight, he would not have been enough for us because we are that far behind. Think about that. That's how, when I talk about when I've made mistakes and what I've noticed issues before in my prior thought process, I really thought we were Vladimir Tarasenko away from winning. I really did. I didn't, I, if you I remember, I didn't, I didn't think that was the case. I said, but if you're truly all in for this year, you roll the dice on him. That okay. that was that's exactly what I said. I didn't think we were close to being contenders. But if you truly feel you are, you roll the dice on a guy like that to try to put you over the top. I didn't think it was, and in hindsight, it wasn't. But if you really thought you were, you roll the dice on him. And you know, I still would have liked to roll the dice. At least it means you're trying. 
Philip Forsberg is having a career year and a contract season. Does that not bother any fans? Bothers me. Does that does that seriously not bother fans? Right? People will say, "Oh man, Philip Forsberg, that's going to fix the issue," and so is Jacob Chikrin. That's going to be all we need. You ever look at Philip Forsberg production? I, and I like Philip Forsberg. I think he's a I very do. good top six guy. I do. I think he's good. But when I look at it, I say. Okay, Philip Forsberg's best productive season was in 2027, 2028, when he was 23 years old and he had 64 points in 67 games. You mean, you mean 2017, 18? I'm sorry, 2017, 18. That's right. I don't know what the hell I said. Um, 2017, 18, he was 23 years old and put up 64 points. This year, right now, he's already got a career high in goals and he's going to have a career high in points. 58 points already through the season in 49 games. He's over a point a game average for the first time in his NHL career. First time in his career, he's over a point of game average. A guy who's had injuries issues in the past, 49 games played, 58 points, 33 goals, career high in goals, career high in points on a freaking contract year. I think Philip Forsberg is good, but when I say be dubious, be dubious, ladies and gents. I'm just going to say of the day, freaking dubious. The next big time free agent who comes here will be the first to all of free agency. We've never signed a big name player. Maybe all of this loyalty, all of this loyalty that Lou Lamarillo has showed to his aged veterans will will help propel a guy like Jacob Chikrit or help propel a guy like Philip Forsberg to choosing the Islanders. Why would he come here? Why would anyone go to Long Island? Why would anyone play for the Islanders? Exactly. Let's play that game. I'm sick and tired of playing the game of why he would come here because I feel like I do that every single offseason. Every single offseason, it never happens. Let's play the game of why should he come here. We've already said that he's got the state of the arena. What has that gotten us? Did that get us any big-name free agents in the past? Nope. We've got a brand-new state-of-the-art arena. A lot of empty seats. A lot of empty seats. Yeah. Ugh. Secondary market. Nine bucks, eight bucks a ticket. Boom. Brand here's new arena. The, Can't give tickets away. Can I give them away? Here's the other thing about Jacob Chikrin. The guy, you look at his offensive production, don't expect the guy to be over a full season to be putting up 50 points a year. Not don't for this him. team. Exactly. Not for this team. Our team does not promote offensive creativity. Just simply does not. And for you to expect the guy who's an offensive defenseman to thrive on this team, you're sadly mistaken. Look at Nick Letty, i.e. Nick Letty. Nick Letty's finished. Nick Letty's cashed. He was good in his young years at Chicago. He's a guy who never really continued to increase. He was what he was, and his best years were with Chicago on that fantastic. That's team. not true. That's not true. He was really good in 2014-15 for us. Really good. One or two years for us, he was really good. I'll get, okay, I'll, I'll take that back. I'll give it to you. One or two years, he was really good for us. And again, he's now past, way past, well past his prime. Jacob Chikrin, all I'm going to say is this. Do not expect an offensive defenseman to light the world on fire. The same yeah. exact thing I said with Devon Taves. Devon Taves would never have the numbers he has with Colorado with us. Never in a million freaking years. Considering you'd also be trading away your most productive and developing forwards to get him. Yep. Who's he going to feed the puck to? Brock Nelson and Anders Lee. Why, of course, Crumpy. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay. I'm about done. We're not going to go through comments, guys. There's a lot of them. We, we just wanted to get off. Here's the thing. Another reason we jumped on today is because we wanted to go ahead and discuss a little bit. We didn't want this to drag over into Wednesday's podcast. Simple as that. I'm done. I'm done with it. I wanted. I bet, to I bet you talk about it on Wednesday's podcast, too. Very little. Minimal talking about this. 
it's we're done after this point talking about this because we've made our predictions. Go ahead, bookmark this, earmark this time period, earmark this day. We've made the predictions of what we expect the future to hold. We've earmarked a hey, we think I think at least they're going to trade away draft picks in this year and next year's draft. I don't. I, honestly, I think by any means necessary to get better. I and think that ownership, means, go ahead. I think ownership would step in at that point. They're like, no freaking way. Maybe maybe they've laid a plan out. Maybe Lou's laid out a plan to uh, Ledecky and Malkin. I don't know. But I'm sorry. It, uh, if, if any of it includes trading draft picks, get out. That's what I would – get out. And here's the thing. We have over 800 comments. That's why we're not going through comments. We don't have time to read through every single comment. I don't have time to be here for another four hours today. So – and to battle all these comments back. Trust me. I can't believe anyone's disagreeing with us, honestly. <laughs> you know, fans, fans, they're foolhardy sometimes. That's 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 honestly no, the most endearing no, way I can no, put it. No, no, I'm going to tell you what. There are fans who believe because they're used to being rooting for a loser. And that's what we were for years and years and decades. A loser. And they see a little bit of success and they don't want it to end. I've never, to me, I want to win Stanley Cups. I'm from the era of winning Stanley Cups. I'm not, I don't think qualifying and losing in the Eastern Conference Final is a success. I don't. You're supposed to, if that's the, you consider that's your success, you should elevate every year. You shouldn't regress. And this is a team that's in obvious regression right now. It, very obvious to me. The biggest disturbing thing for me as the type of players on this team who kind of gave up earlier in the year. And I'm just going to use the word gave up because we showed that last three weeks before the deadline, and I'm going to use their names right out, Andrews Lee and, and Josh Bailey. I'm going to throw Brock, Brock Nelson in there too. They really stepped their game up the last three weeks. Really stepped their game up. And then all of a sudden, trade deadline comes. Let's see how they play the rest of the way. Because yesterday was uninspiring against Pittsburgh against Philadelphia. They're really disappointing, particularly from those three players. You also want another, you want another uh Karnak the fortune teller I'm gonna read into the future. And we start dogging it and just getting slacked, schlacked, I'm sorry, by these very talented top tier teams because we have a unbelievably terrible record against playoff caliber teams this year. We have the back half of our, our schedule, the last 20 games, I want to say 14 of those are against teams that are currently in the playoff picture. And they're those all, all jockeying. Those are just about all losses. They are all jockeying for position. We have a hideous record against playoff caliber teams through the first 60 games of the year. Again, I'm going to use the prior performance and say, maybe that's an indicator of what we're going to see for the future play. We didn't see anything magically switch for the Islanders to indicate that we're going to have a better record against playoff caliber teams. I think it is an indicator that we are going to struggle against those teams. And when we're 25 to 26 to 27 points out of the playoff spot, you know what you're going to see? The players just gave up. They didn't need to play hard anymore. They're just getting right. They're just, they're focused on next year. That's the reason we continue to play like shit at the end of the year. They're ready for next year. We're looking at next year. Guess what? I'm just sick and tired of the bullshit. I'm sick and tired of the excuses. And as fans, you should be too. Uh, you should want more. 
you should want more than a pile of freaking excuses always. True. But hey, man, we're at the end. I don't know. Just had to get some shit off the chest. I, 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 See, just, I told you we should not have done this podcast today because it was nothing but a bitch fest. I don't care if it's a bitch fest. Okay. Guess what? It's the truth that these points I made today are not changing. Okay. I didn't say anything that's so, so unbelievably off base that it causes, you know, room to think, oh, man, I could be really wrong on that. I think there's a high possibility that we are going to double down this offseason and we're going to mortgage off our future some more. Tell me when I'm wrong. And guess what? If we don't, what are we going to do? We're going to stand pat for another year? We just delayed another chance for us to get better for the future? I Yeah. I don't know. They shouldn't listen to me. At the end of the day, you'll see. They should have listened to me. What I said, the what they should have been doing the last two years, that's what they should have done. And here's they the thing. Done. I'm going to fucking hate it next year. I'm going to hate it next year. And Islander fans are going to hate it too. Because when you see next year that the team struggles again, guess what? There's no possible excuse of, oh, this is just a two-year mistake. No. You sorry, realize, it's not. You, you realize you're supposed to be the bright light of this podcast? There okay. I could I could at least defend a position beforehand. I can't anymore. I can't. I knew that the window would close quick and it would be a fall and it would be a it would be a hard fall from grace. I didn't know what happened so soon. I did. That's the thing as a fan that's really made me it's demoralized my fanhood. Because guess what? I knew the fall would happen. I didn't expect it to come this quick. This is exactly That's why I can defend the team. That's why I can defend the team. I genuinely thought it wouldn't come this quick. Okay. I know we're signing off, but this is exactly how TJ sounded when John Tavares left. He is extremely butthurt right now. It's going to take him a little while to get over this. I can tell. I'm glad you're going to be gone for a few weeks. Maybe you get to regroup a little bit. I don't know. He's see how unhappy he is. I feel bad. I feel like I have to be positive now. Okay, I'm here's the thing. Because I'm I, positive the Islanders won't make the playoffs next year. How about that? <laughs> I'm unhappy because I think I could see what. Well, look at the comments. Look at the comments. The only way we're getting better is through trade. That pretty much guarantees the trade that Anthony Bavillier is gone. I don't think Bavillier is end all be all. I think he's a third line left wing at best. He's not a big piece to lose. Trading away draft picks and possibly trading away young budding players like an Oliver Wallstrom because Oliver hasn't performed, air quotes, in the point category as much as fans would have liked this year. I know he doesn't play any power play minutes anymore, hasn't played the power play in the last eight games, but they're, it, it would freaking devastate me if they move a first-round pick, Oliver Wallstrom, Robin Sallow, and whatever else is needed for Jacob Chikrin. Devastating. Devastating. I just don't think that adding Jacob Chikrin for the cost that it's going to be is – I just don't think it's wise. And I've said this before. If you're able to move a guy like uh, Anthony Bavillier and get a marketable upgrade, I have no problem with it. Depends on what you have to give up in addition. Because I don't think – guess what, guys? Anthony Bavillier's value is not very high. He's a guy who's a consistent uh, point-every-other-game type of guy. He's, what type of value do you think okay. he's got? Okay, are we signing off or not? Yeah, let's sign off. Okay. That's a good point. Let's sign okay. off. Because um, I know you could probably talk all night because you're so angry. We're at two hours already. My bad. I, okay. I know. I said I we keep it go to for an hour. hour. I, said I apologize. Hour. I apologize. I said we keep it to an hour. Yes, you did. All right. Okay. Here's what, do you what want I, to I do want to say, though. Love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't, from TJ and the grumpy old man. I, TJ probably will be a little bit better 
during tomorrow's game. Uh, I think we'll beat Ottawa. And then uh, I'm sure he'll be, uh, maybe he'll start off a little bit more positive on Wednesday. I can't see it, see if he's going to spiral or not. So that's reason to listen, you know, just in case. Because I think he's right now, this is this is how he was with Tavares, honestly. I feel kind of bad for him. Tavares was a gross. Okay, we don't need, that's okay. You were signing off for the night. Save it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We're still going to provide Islander content. We're still going to provide what we think is the truth. We're still going to provide the reasoning and rationale behind why we think it's the case. We're not going to blow smoke up your ass. We're not going to lie. We're not going to say everything is rosy when shit looks bad. Simple as that. I'm usually the positive guy. Tough to find a lot of positive items with what happened today and what will be happening in the future. Simple as that. I want to thank you, grumpy old man, for tuning in or being a part of the show. And thank you for tuning in. <laughs> we'll be we'll be here with you. I feel like with how much I spoke, maybe it was like you just tuned in today. Um, we will be, again, doing a live stream tomorrow during the game. We will be. We're doing a live stream tomorrow during the game against Ottawa. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, we will. uh We'll be doing the, the, the podcast on Wednesday, and then the schedule will get kind of odd and wonky. I will be out in Scotland and England and the all United Kingdom over the next two weeks, so it will, again, be an odd schedule. I'll try to at least do one podcast a week, but uh, mind you, the time difference, if we were starting at like 7 o'clock, is like me starting at 12 or 1 over there, so it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough for me, or if I start at 8 o'clock, it's going to be like 12 or 1 over there, so it's going to be tough for me to still stay in and uh, to be in in, uh, in a line with what we're doing. So and, and tomorrow night's live stream, we can talk about the great moves that Ottawa made. That should make you happy, TJ. Oh, man, that'll make me ah, happy. See, I was able to put a smile on his face right at the end. There it is. There it is. Well, absolutely, guys. I hope you've got a great rest of your day. We'll see you here soon. And thank you, grumpy old man. You're not going to say my pleasure? Oh, my pleasure. There it is, grumpy. End it, it the way we always do. Thank you, grumpy. My pleasure. <laughs>